this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want to hear more of the show on a weekly basis, every Thursday we release a bonus episode to members only to the website. So if you want more of this show on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. And if you want to prepare with some emergency preparedness food, go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. And right there, we offer a four-week supply and a one-week supply worth of food. We used to offer the two-week supply, but it got sold out. But we do have the four-week supply of emergency food, and the one-week supply. So if you're looking to build up your pantry, if you're looking to build up the supplies of emergency food in case, you know, the supply chain gets totally cut off, go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com and you can get your emergency preparedness food right there. Now, this week we have Pastor Dana Coverstone coming on the show. And Pastor Dana Coverstone uploaded a video to YouTube a few weeks back where he shared three prophetic dreams that he had starting last year. One of the dreams, the first dream that happened in December came to pass through the COVID-19 mess that we're in. The two other dreams have not played out yet, but we're bringing him on the show to talk about his dreams, his interpretation of the dreams, and where do we go from here? It's going to be a very interesting conversation today, and I'm actually having an in-studio guest. My friend Benny came over because when I told him the show that we were doing, I thought it'd be a good idea to have him come on the show and share his vision that he had two years ago pertaining to what's playing out this year in 2020. So it's a very prophetic kind of show today. Pastor Dana Coverstone, my friend Benny, and myself all talking about prophecies and these dreams. Let's go. All right, today we got a great show coming up here. This is somebody that I recently came across and I had to have him on the show and I'm grateful that he agreed to come on the show. Uh, Pastor Dana Coverstone, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Great. So uh, I came across your video. I don't know if I just, I think probably somebody sent it to me. I'm pretty sure somebody sent it to me saying I should check it out. And I get a lot of people sending me videos, you know, whether it's UFOs or whatever. And uh, they... So I see a lot of you know messages coming across the email and messengers. And for whatever reason, and I'm usually really on the go, like I run a really tight schedule. So I, I typically don't click on the links right away because I don't have time to get lost into wormholes. Had no idea what it was about. I clicked on it and I just see you and you start talking. And I don't know what I don't know what it was, but I was kind of just captivated right away. 
And I, maybe it was the titling, you know, the, the prophetic dreams and things like that. But I, I listened to about 15, 16 minute video of yours talking about these dreams that you've had. And right there, I knew I had to have you on the show. And uh, just to give people a kind of some groundwork here, we I reached out to you after your video had already hit probably about, uh, I don't know, 1.5 million downloads. And so you've had tons of people reaching out to you. I even saw it on your Facebook page that you've only been able to answer about 5% of the people. And the fact that you got back to me and we're doing this interview, I feel very grateful. So thank you very much for being here. Oh, it's not a problem at all. I'm glad to be part of I'm glad to be part of it. I really am. Great. So uh, for the audience, please share with them uh, these dreams that you started having. Just you know, start from the beginning and share with them. Uh, what the dreams were, how you feel about them, because uh, for the audience listening, Pastor Dana had uh, some, what we might feel as prophetic dreams. The very first dream seems to be prophetic. And then the following two, uh, the dates haven't come yet, but uh, it's very interesting. So Pastor Dana, take it away and share with us, you know, what these dreams were and how did it all start for you? Okay. Well, I'm 51 years old. I've been an Assemblies of God pastor for 29 years. Um, usually work in the uh, in the knowledge gifts like word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment. Have been used in those a lot in the service in the church, um, and it's just part of First Corinthians chapter twelve, the spiritual gifts that God lets allows to happen in our services. Um, been married almost me twenty six years to my wife Jennifer. You know, twenty six years next week. I got three adult children, aging from twenty three to eighteen. Um, so I'm I'm just and I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a pastor in the middle of nowhere. I live in Burksville, Kentucky. Uh, which has a population of about 1,400. There's less than 8,000 in, in, our, in our county. And I'm from a little town in Indiana, south of Terre Haute, called Jasonville. Same situation, middle of nowhere, less than 80 people in my graduating class, small community, rural, farm area, you know. And I share that so people know who I am, because I'm a nobody. Uh, I mean, really, I'm, I, I work a part-time job at the hospital to make ends meet. My wife works at the school, so we have insurance. So I'm just, I'm, I, I live paycheck to paycheck. I'm just a normal person. I don't have some mega church. It's, we have about 80 people, you know, every Sunday. I've uh, been here almost 10 years now. Uh, but since I've been about 15 years of age, I became a Christian when I was 15. And I started having dreams from time to time. And nothing like what I'm having now. Uh, but just dreams about life and things that were going on. When I had major decisions to make, I would pray, Lord, you know, show me my dreams or just give me wisdom, read through, through the Bible and things like that. But uh, on Monday night, December 10th, 16th, I had a dream that, that woke me up very alarmed. In my dream, I, I saw a calendar with the month of January and I saw a hand flip it up to February and then went to March. And then I saw an index finger appear out of nowhere and it underlined the month of March, tapped it three times. And uh, then I saw April flip up, May flip up, and then it ended on June. So at this time, the index finger appears again, underlines the month of June, and taps it three times. And then suddenly what I'm seeing is I'm seeing people wearing masks like they're sick. I see people coughing, having trouble breathing. I'm seeing hospitals that are overwhelmed uh, with tired medical officials. I'm seeing people on respirators and ventilators. I mean, the hospitals are swamped. Uh, I'm seeing headlines that say pandemic, pandemic, people dying all over the place. Um, I'm seeing uh, protesters then. Uh, state capitals and courthouses being surrounded by protesters. Uh, I saw people marching with clenched fists up in the air. I saw buildings on fire. I saw buildings being looted. I saw chaos in the streets. I saw people hiding in their homes and the fire. You know, they, they were hiding in their homes out of fear, looking out through the curtains to see what was out there. And I saw vultures flying all over major cities, from Los Angeles to Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia is one of the cities that I saw. Uh, you know, major major cities, but especially Washington D.C most state capitals, uh, and they were just flying over the cities, a lot of lightning, a lot of darkness going on, and then a white figure appears, um, just basically no face, just kind of ethereal type spirit thing. It was white, and it said to me, brace yourself, brace yourself, brace yourself. So I woke up the next morning, and every night, every Tuesday night, I prayed with a bunch of guys at my church. I told those guys exactly what I saw, and I actually put a video on Facebook of two of the men that I shared these, these dreams with, who heard it on December 17th. So I tell these guys what I saw, what I dreamt. And, uh, and the things, certainly I said, you know, guys, between, between March and June, I think, I feel like something's going to happen. Something harsh, something bad for the country. It's mostly America. And pretty soon here comes the shutdowns. Here comes COVID. Here comes the headlines, pandemic, pandemic, all these things. Then Minneapolis had the George Floyd killing. We had the riots in there. We had the looting. We had all sorts of, you know, just crazy things going on up there. 
And so these men would come to me like every other week and say, man, you, you, you know, this was, this was spot on. This was right on. And, uh, but I kept remembering what the Lord had showed me. The very end of that was brace yourself, brace yourself, brace yourself. So several months go by. You know, well, not months. You know, here, here we are in the month of June. I'm realizing things are going on. Monday night, June 22nd, I had another dream along the same lines. And I, the calendar appeared showing June. And then it flipped to July, August, and then September. When it hit September, I saw the finger come out again and underlined the, the, the title September three times, or underlined and tapped it three times. And then it flipped up to October and hit to November. When it got to November, the finger appeared again, underlined the month of November. But instead of tapping it three times, the, the finger became a fist, balled up in rage, and it just hit the calendar. And the calendar goes flying back into the wall that it's on. Even the numbers, like, like shot off of it. It was very, very cataclysmic, very, very catastrophic. Something bad had happened, was happening in November in this sense, or that something would start really bad in November. I don't know for sure. Uh, the, but the calendar was just back into the wall. And then I had the same type of dream, the same type of vision in the dream that I had from the first one. I saw longer lines of people waiting to get in the hospitals. And I mean block line, block long lines of people waiting in the hospitals. But they had masks on, but they were just weak. There were people actually holding people up in line. So it was almost as if something worse was hitting than COVID. Uh, I saw masks. I saw people uh, carrying oxygen tanks. Uh, and I saw headlines. And the headlines that said a pandemic said, you know, the people are dying at an incredible rate. Sicknesses were getting worse and worse and worse. And it was clear to me that something different than COVID was, was hitting. Uh, I saw crowds of protesters yelling, screaming. And I saw violence. It seemed to be 100 times worse than the dreams I had back in December. With violence in the streets, I saw people uh, burning cars, properties being burned, homes being burned. I saw vultures. Uh, the, the vultures that I saw in the first dream, now they appeared to look like gargoyles. They were flying 10 to 15 feet off the ground, attacking people, biting in their shoulders and the tops of their heads. Um, and I saw explosions uh, from the West Coast to the East Coast. But in my spirit, I knew it wasn't nuclear, but I was seeing some type of explosions. Um uh, I'm not going to say it was military, but these were major, major explosions. And I also saw a lot of police officers in many of the states just kneeling on the ground. But it wasn't because of the protests we're seeing now. They were surrendering their authorities if they had nothing they could do to fix or solve the issues. Uh, I was taken then to Washington, D.C. in the dream. And I saw I was standing at the National Mall. And I, I saw dark clouds and skies over the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial. And they were very dirty, not damaged, but just very, very dirty, dingy, like, like almost like pollution and smog from Eastern Europe before uh, the wall fell. And the sky around the White House was very, very dark, dingy, gray. Uh, and the curtains of the Oval Office were closed. And I saw no activity in the ground. But the major thing that I did see was that the Oval Office was empty. That nobody was in the White House at all. No secretaries, no cabinet members, no chief of staff. It was an empty building. And all that I was seeing was a leaderless Washington. There was nobody in the White House. Uh, and then I, I was shown a room and a, a bunch of senators, current senators in high ranking positions, and they were sitting around a long table and they were talking. I could see outside in the windows there were fires, there were people running and screaming, just chaos out there. But the men in this room were very, very solemn, very, very uh, calm, uh, as if nothing was going on. And the table was full of briefcases. And my attention was drawn to the briefcases because, you know, briefcases aren't a thing anymore. But they went out probably in the late 80s. When I started college in 87, everybody had a briefcase. Well, by the time I graduated in 91, nobody had one. It was just how, how quick those things happened. <laughs> the table was full of briefcases. And, and uh, these guys were talking back and forth with their watches and things. And finally, a, for, a former senator who was, was in the Senate years ago stands up, opens a briefcase, hands every other man in that room a, a envelope like a clasped envelope that she would fold over. And, but anyway, they, they, he hands them out. They talk a little bit. They make comments. They laugh a little bit. And basically, they each of the senators takes their, their envelope and uh, that he hands them out to them, puts in their briefcases. They grab their briefcases, and they just walk out the door calmly, just kind of sneering and laughing. And they're walking out into this chaos, and they're calm about it. Then I see Russian and uh, Chinese soldiers. I see UN helmets. Uh, I, I see the Russian soldiers telling the Chinese soldiers to secure certain quadrants or regions. Uh, I saw people that were gathering, not that they were being gathered up by the soldiers, but I, all did, I did see military transport. I saw tanks on railways and trucks. Uh, and then I saw just a lot more flashes and explosions, larger protests. And suddenly that white figure I'd seen in the first dream 
walks back up to me and says, brace yourself, brace yourself, brace yourself, and endure until the end. When I woke up after that, when my heart rate, my Fitbit said I was, I was 180 or something, you know, 180 plus on that. And I just realized that I saw part two. And I, I woke up thinking, okay, Lord, a lot of the things I saw in this first dream have come true. And I, I need to get this out there. I was trying to figure out what to do. I, wrote, I made some notes. I wrote some things down. And I thought, I'm just going to sit on this. And, and, and I'll talk to the guys about it in prayer tonight. And so that night, I talked to the guys what I saw. And what should I do? I need wisdom to pray, you know, wisdom to know what to do with it. So that night, the guys were praying and went to bed and had a third part of the dream. And that was one where I walked into a local bank, and I and I saw a sign on the door that said, we have no change, no change available, something like that. Well, I, I went in, and the president of the bank was at the teller station. I said, hey, I need $10 and quarters. And she said, well, I'm sorry, but the bank no longer has to change because the mint is no longer minting them or, or, or making them. And, uh, and I was like, because, because I, I said, well, well, how am I going to charge $1.50 for something? And she said, well, you're just going to have to round it up to $2.00. Uh, hyperinflation is coming, and ones and fives are next. And then I woke up, and I thought, well, this doesn't really fit with the first dream, but I just got the next morning and put that out there. So Wednesday morning, June the 24th, I shared that dream, all three together, and, you know, that 15-minute video. And look, I got 1,100 friends on Facebook. That's it. I never ask people to share things, uh, and I personally would not watch somebody's 15-minute, nine-second video. I, I know how I am. But I put that video on, sometime in the morning and just walked away from it, let it go. Cause I, I was viewing, I was coming at that as a pastor. Cause I'd seen two, I've had three dreams that showed some, you know, incredible things were coming. Some difficult things were coming. The first one, I, I watched those things happen. And I, and I, I, I told men what I saw and they will confirm that what I said is what we saw happen after that. And I want to confirm once again, I'm a pastor. I'm not a prophet. I've had a lot of folks lately try to put that title on me. I'm a pastor that had a dream and I put on Facebook, and uh, I was just amazed that, at the response. But by Friday afternoon, I'm starting to get messages from people saying, hey, are you aware of what's going on with change? I was like, no. And I got sent a, uh, a, a, a picture that someone took on their phone from Miami, Florida. And they were sitting at a McDonald's drive-thru. And on the drive-thru, there was a note that said, we're out of change or we're trying to keep change. There's a shortage of change. And so please have correct change when you come through or use a debit or credit card. Well, by Monday of that next week, I had been sent literally hundreds of pictures. Uh, and by that time, I, I was up to about 2,200 videos had been sent to me of dreams and visions that people had had or whatever. Uh, and so I, I believe probably what happened was a lot of folks saw part of or, or picked up on the, on the coin part and basically tried to you know, validate the other parts of the dream. You know, the, the second part of that dream was probably the most terrifying one I've ever had. Uh, as far as seeing things in the future. But because I saw the calendar, I connected it to that first dream that I had. And as a pastor, I thought, i got to warn people. And I, and, I, and I do know this. A lot of people were scared and terrified. And my intention was not to terrify people at all. My intention was to warn people. I've seen something in a dream, and it happened. And I've had another dream now that concerns me between September and November. And so I feel like I had an obligation to say something about it. And I know a lot of people think I'm a fruitcake. I've been called everything from a crackhead to, you know, what would you eat before you went to bed? But I deal with people all the time who don't know where they're going, who have no clue what's on the other side of this thing we call life. And I was looking at this. I've got friends and family. You know, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. And I accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I was 15 years old. Best decision I ever made. Um, and that changed and guided my life in so many different ways I never could have gone. But these dreams that I had, uh, I mean, I, it had to have been the sovereign hand of God because how many people do you know that will sit down and listen to a 15-minute video of a guy in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky who pastors the church of 80 people, and then these things have gone. I mean, I, I understand what viral is now. Uh, I'm just amazed at what happened. But back in 1996, there was an evangelist named Mike Leidengood. He came to our church where I was serving as a youth pastor in Indiana. And that night, he was praying over me and my wife, and, and he said, Pastor, I think I have a word for you. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, I see you one day prophesying to thousands of people. And he stopped me and said, no, no, wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing 100,000 or more. Now, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a 26-year-old youth pastor, newly married. Um, youth, I'm a youth pastor to about, you know, maybe, maybe 45, 50 teenagers. And in a town of, of 1,600 in middle nowhere, 
Nobody knows my name. And I'm thinking, I didn't think that, like, yeah, right. But I thought, Lord, that's that, that's not for me right now, obviously. And I just kind of, I just kind of put that back there on the back burner. Well, Sunday morning at church, about five minutes before our service starts, we live stream everything on Facebook. He came and he said, Dad, you won't believe this. You just hit 100,000 people have viewed your video. And I was just like, really? And at that moment, just like that, that that evangelist that told me back in 1996 that one day I'd prophesied to 100,000 or more people. And I thought, okay, I don't remember that. That's been a while, but it came out. By the next week, we're at, you know over a million views. And, and I'm, I'm still overwhelmed by that because the only way that happens, the only way that happens is if, number one, there really is a God. And number two, the hand of that sovereign God moved it. Uh, I have heard from thousands, and I mean thousands of people, emails. Uh, I got about 41 letters just today in the mail. I've had people sending me books. I've had people sending me copies of their dreams that they've had years ago and saying, hey, what does this mean? Interpret this part for me. I've had thousands of emails, uh, phone calls. Our, our church usually averages 10 phone calls a month. We're averaging 200 a day now. Uh, my phone's ringing off the hook. And, but I'm hearing from people that are saying, Pastor Dana, what you said resonates in my spirit. What you said about these terrible things that are coming, we've been sensing that. We've been feeling that for you know a couple of years or even six months or, or, or a year or two. Uh, I, I'm hearing from people who have said we've been stocking that food and preparing for whatever comes for you know eight months or, or, or a year. So I'm hearing from people who have said, I've had dreams just like that. I've seen those kind of things like that. And so it's it's been an amazing where I've also had people, you know, say all sorts of crazy things. My, I, I've not looked. I'll post something on Facebook and I don't look at it. I just put it out there and I'm done. Because I, I realize now that every word I say for the rest of my life, everything I do for the rest of my life, publicly, privately, and at my church, uh, it's going to be analyzed, scrutinized, criticized. We went from having an average viewership of maybe 150 people per Sunday morning. Uh, last week, we had 9,000 people watching our Facebook church service. Uh, so it, it's, it's, I'm in uncharted territory. I'm still trying to navigate all this and figure it all out because I'm just a pastor who had a dream, and I put it out there. And and, and somebody had told me, another another Facebook friend had told me, you know, there are like literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people out there who put videos on Facebook and YouTube. So I had a dream. I had this. I had that. I saw these things that you know, they may have a couple hundred views. They may have 500. They may have 500 views. But I'm still trying to figure out beyond God's grace and mercy and sovereign hand, how in the world this got out there. Well, I think uh, you said it, though. By God, <laughs> you know, uh, I, yeah. I know for a fact there's a lot of people that, you know, pay attention to dreams and they have YouTube channels about their dreams or uh, they talk to people about dreams and they don't hit those numbers that you hit. So uh, you definitely struck a nerve with uh, the general audience, you know, to pay attention. And, uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, what the cities you were seeing and stuff. Um and you said Philly, and I, I'm pretty sure you you know I'm in Philadelphia area, right? Yeah, and that's that's kind of why I mentioned. Not, it's like not, not to scare you to death or anything. I just no, you know. no. I, I you mentioned about how people are getting scared and stuff. Uh, I I see this and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> like, I yeah. kind I kind of like I don't know. It's like a a weird thrill that I get in it because I I just you know. It is what it is. I mean, it's like, listen, if, if we're living in the end times and, you know, God is right around the corner coming back kind of thing, is there anything you, I, or Benny here could say or do to delay that at all? No. God knows the timing. He knows when it's going to happen. And I'm, right. I'm good with it, you know? And, and so uh, I kind of get excited about this kind of stuff. So fear, yeah. not so much. I, I, just, I, I just very much understand that there's not a whole lot that goes on in this world or outside this world that I'm in control of. And so I just got to be flexible with it and roll with the punches, know that I'm good on, on my own personal spiritual well-being, make sure that I look after right. my family and then just, you know, be myself to the world. And so um, very interesting dreams that you've had here. The first dream that you had back in December and you talked to the guys at the church about this dream. Yeah. When everything started unfolding in 2020, were you thinking about this dream or did somebody have to remind you about it? 
Oh, I, I was, it was very clear in my mind. I mean, I had not said anything to my church as a whole. I had told them, I said, I'm hearing in my spirit, we need to brace, you know, brace yourself, brace yourself, brace yourself. And when you brace yourself, it's, it's for impact. Something's about to hit you. And you brace yourself so you don't get knocked to the ground. Uh, but as we began to see things happen, the guys would say, did you see the headlines today? Have you heard the news? Have you seen this? Have you seen that? Uh, and so that was that was a big deal for me. And one of the major questions that I keep getting asked about is, well, what are you doing to prepare? You know, are you building a bunker or whatever? And and, and I, I won't be careful how I share this, but, you know, I'm, I haven't stopped breathing. Uh, I'm not just going to build the bunker and hide in it until, uh, uh, you know, until this all blows over. Uh, I've actually got a, a daughter who will be going back to Minneapolis as a student here in, in a few weeks. You know, they're defunding their police. They've had the riots, the protests, the looting, the burning. Uh, I'm sending my, my, my daughter back to that. I've got another daughter who just accepted a job uh, in Arizona. And uh, at the end of this month, we'll be moving her someplace, you know. And I mean, because God has a will for my life. But God has a will for theirs as well. And the Bible says that believers and Christians are supposed to occupy until it comes. And so I'm not just going to, you know, dig a hole and jump in it and wait for the world to end. I've, I've still got stuff to do and things to be involved with. I've got responsibilities. And uh, a lot of people, you know, and, and I, I've, I've been on a couple of shows, interviews, and I, I've said that I've said out loud publicly, even on my Facebook, I never intended for there to be fear with sharing this dream. And I know some, a lot of people, you know, you don't know me, you really know me, you don't know my life, my background, my history, you know, the kind of person I am or character. Um, but I'm still trying to figure out how in the world it got out like it did. I'm hearing from people who have said, Pastor Dana, I have just, I feel like something big is coming. And, and you know, if you live in America right now and you don't know that something is wrong here, that something is not right deep down not right then i don't know where you've been living or what you've been watching uh or where you've been because everybody knows there's something you know, they're toppling statues we've got protests we've got burnings we got uh issues that the media continues to bring up and throw in our face we see corruption in government we see you know just great economic fallout the man our governor here in kentucky just made it mandatory as of five o'clock last night you have to wear a mask everywhere you go uh so we see the draconian things that are coming Everybody knows there's something wrong, something not right. And I'm hearing from thousands, and I, and I mean, I can, I can back this up. Thousands of people have told me they have sensed and felt the same thing, that something big is coming. So a lot of things we can, prepare, you know, we can do to prepare ourselves. If you notice, you know, when, when COVID hit, they started shutting things down. One of the first things to go in stores was toilet paper. Uh, just because of the way they make commercial and, and uh, individual, you know, families, you know, type toilet paper. But now we've got uh, processing plants that are shut down. You've got meat shut down. I've got a guy in my church that from time to time I buy beef off of because he 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 has his own beef. Well, he can't he can't even take a cow to be slaughtered and processed until February 29th of 2021. I spoke to a guy yesterday who said they can't sell their cows to be done like that until April of 2021. So right now, meat has gone through, you know, through the roof. Hamburger is just outrageous. Ground chuck is outrageous. Uh, even I work at a local hospital, and sometimes the, the person who, who, who uh, orders all the supplies for meals and lunches and things cannot get certain kinds of meat because they're out. They're not making any more processing anymore. So... I've been encouraging people, you know, for several years now, from time to time, I'll buy some storable food and 25-year shelf life stuff and do what I can. Because I've got a family. I've got I – mean, my, my kids are older, but I, so we're, we try to think they can help with some of this. But I've got two kids moving back, you know, one, one moving for a job, one moving back to college. I want to make sure that if something happens, natural disaster, uh, flash flooding, whatever, that they've got some emergency food that they can have access to. Uh, the reason I mentioned guns and ammo, and everybody's really taken up on that, I'm a I'm a concealed carry guy. Uh, as I talk with you right now, I've got a I've got a, something on me, because number one, on the property here where I live, we have a bear from time to time that shows up. We have uh, we have uh, bobcats, we have coyotes that are vicious, uh, we have uh, copperheads and rattlesnakes on the property here in 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 Kentucky, and so. It's not just for self-defense. It's to you know, protect myself from you know whatever might try to attack me at night or whatever. 
I got two miniature schnauzers. I take my dogs out at night. I've got a rifle with me. Why? Because coyotes are out there. They, they, they like they like to eat little dogs. So um, a lot of folks took that that I was saying you'll be go all Rambo like, and that wasn't it at all. But at the same time, I've got a right to defend myself and my home, my property, my possessions, and my family most of all. But I think the most important thing that people can do, look, the first dream, a lot of those, well, all those things I saw came true. But I'm not a prophet. I'm a pastor who had some dream for the prophetic edge to him, and I shared them on Facebook, and God made them take off. Like, there's no way that I could have, have anything to do with it. I've never asked anybody to share a Facebook video in my life. Never, ever, ever. I don't share people's posts. I just put it on there. Um, but for right now, I'm telling people what they need to do mostly is pray and say, okay, Lord, what do I do for my family? What does my family need to do? Because if things do get bad and there's food shortage, which we've already seen the food shortages, and we're seeing those you know, even as we speak, uh, if, if we see uh, sickness and illness, you know, what's coming? Uh, right now, there's there's a rabbit Ebola uh, dealing with, you know, killing rabbits like crazy in America. Uh, there's a new pig flu in China. There's another type of flu over there. You've got locust plagues in Argentina moving up towards Brazil and Venezuela. They've had uh, locust plagues in China. They've had locust plagues in the Middle East. And this is all just since January, February yeah. of this month, you know. So there's a lot of stuff going on in, in, in the world. And, you know, if, if a tornado, if a, a weather guy comes on us and says, hey, okay, folks, what you know that there is potential for tornado-like weather in, 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 the, uh, in, 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 in our region. So you'll be watching. If you see storm clouds, you might just keep your eyes open, you know, but be ready to be prepared. Well, that's a warning. You know it could happen. But if a guy comes on and says, we're breaking in the, into the show right now to tell you there's a tornado on the ground, and you, if you're in this area, you got to take shelter immediately. Suddenly, the warning has taken on a whole new uh, degree of importance. Uh, and I've lived in the Midwest most of my life. Well, most all of my life except 10 years. So 75% of it. And I've seen 20 of those come through areas where I lived. Uh, I live about two hours north of Nashville. Early this spring, a, t- a tornado hit really bad down there. It went across like 70, 80 miles. There were people killed, businesses you know, torn down, torn up by it. And this was in Nashville. So we're not, I'm, I'm not out of harm's way here. So I felt as a pastor, I had a responsibility to speak this out. And I also understand this. Uh, I'll never be able to say another thing on Facebook or my pulpit ever again without it being scrutinized, analyzed, criticized, hopefully sanitized it sometimes, because I put it out there. I, I wasn't trying to make a point or, or get a million hits. I was just trying to warn people that I know because I've got friends and family that are lost. I've got friends and family that have no idea that there is something on the other side of this thing we call life. And I was just trying to share with them and warn them. And that was the primary reason that I did it. Yeah, you know, I, when it comes to this kind of stuff, when it comes to you know social media, things going viral, all that stuff, even my podcast. I mean, uh, I I've, I think I've said this on the show before. I'm not sure. Maybe this is the first time. But I literally was driving my truck through Philadelphia, and out of nowhere, I felt God was telling me that one day I was going to start a podcast and I was going to work with certain people. And within a month, it all happened. It all happened. Yeah. And, and I came home and I told my wife, I, I, I told her, and uh, just so that somebody was there to witness, because I said, Lindsay, I feel like God's telling me this. And she was like, looking at me like I had 10 eyes, you know? But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things where uh, it's a God thing. And, that, and that's all you really can say. You can't explain it. It's just a God thing. And you're talking about, you know, being prepared and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing to be ashamed of preparing and even protecting your family. I carry, I have a, I have a license to carry myself. And it's not because I, I'm a hothead. It's because it's a tool. Yeah. And I never want to use it unless I'm on a range. But if I'm ever in that one situation that you never expect to be in, I want to make sure I can protect myself and my family. And Absolutely. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so my, my friend Benny's here, and he had uh, some prophetic visions about COVID as well. And I thought it'd be really cool to have him come on the show and uh, share some of his experiences with it. I wanted you to hear it as sure. well. So uh, Benny, go ahead and share with us what you got. Hey, Dana. Hey, good. So... A little bit, a little bit of a preface here. So, and also talking to some of the things you were just speaking on. Um, one, the whole idea of of owning, carrying, 
using uh, any kind of weaponry, whether it be guns or knives. It's one of those things where it's like, if you know you have access to it, it gives you that sense of empowerment to say, I at least have it if I need it. If you don't have it, guess what? You're going to be the one caught with your pants down. And then what are you going to do? The playing field is not even at all at that point. So I would encourage anybody who is uh, trying to figure out a way to feel empowered in life to really find out what it is that they need to have in order to feel that sense of empowerment, whether it be a gun, whether it be a knife, whether it be their Bible, it doesn't really matter as long as you're at peace and at rest within your own conscience. So, and as to, uh, you, we were talking about the prophecy piece. Uh, it was really interesting because you, you kept talking about, you're not a prophet. You're not a prophet. Well, it just sparked something in me. I thought to myself, prophets were likely never called prophets until what they had prophesied actually came to pass. Makes sense. (laughs) And another thought I had was, I was just talking to my buddy Jeff about this uh, last week. Uh, We were talking about when God gives his people prophetic visions, or even people that are far from him, he gives visions that sometimes even lead those people into Christ, which is quite amazing. Um, But prophecy is from the Lord, and it's only given as the Lord sees fit to give it. So whatever he gave you is literally just from him. It could be for a season. It could be for the rest of your life. It's just amazing that you had it at all. Yeah. And the the fact that now you get to go through this uh, with all these different people. Yeah, it opens you up to all kind of vulnerability as far as social aspects of it go. But you literally have put yourself out there by faith saying, God, I believe God gave this to me. And now I get to give this to you, and I hope you can hear it. Do you have eyes to see and ears to hear? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, everything we're seeing right now is so obvious if you can actually see it and hear it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for hearing that part. Uh, this leads me to the vision I had literally a little over two years ago. Um, it was in May of 2018. Um, my buddy and I actually had a rap mixtape that we put together and we had given it to one of our buddies at a summer camp that we worked at. And this guy took it home and instead of calling it what the original name of it was, which I believe it was partners in rhyme, uh, he retitled it as the quarantine. And he said he called it that because it was, it was Christian rap and he knew that other people would listen to it. But they would be like, ah, I don't feel that. That doesn't really feel right to me. And almost have an aversion to it. Like, I don't really want to hear that truth. So, right. so he ended up calling it the quarantine. And then my friend Jeff and I were talking about that. And we were thinking, well, what the quarantine, like there's something to that. And as we were discussing it, we started, we started literally gaining uh, a vision about this particular thought of the quarantine. And uh, this is this is that public announcement that we both talk through. And uh, keep in mind, this is two years ago. Uh, so, yeah, a news reporter is talking, and there is an interruption in the broadcast. The one interrupting states that the quote leader and king has a declaration for the free world. On the thr- on the throne, people see the glorious light of Satan, the angel shining. His front is a beautiful facade. And his back is covered in scales, maggots, basically Beelzebub. He emanates, which means Lord of the Flies, for anybody who is not familiar with that term. He he emanates incredible light. He comes off as gentle, nice, and beautiful. There are two faces to this being, one on the front speaking what seems goodness, and the face on the backside is ugly and sinister. So that that is basically referring to a new leader that emerges who that is no idea is it the antichrist don't know but this goes on to the public announcement that came from that thinking so this is this is where that goes it says okay everyone listen closely remove your respirator from its bag and carefully strap the device around your head and neck ensuring a proper fit once attached you will notice a sudden change in your ability to focus With this new focus, 
you will be able to adequately follow the commands of the New World Treatises. It is within this new law of the land that you will find safety and assurance. If for any reason you were to remove your respiration device, you will be held in contempt of the law. This device not only ensures your safety, but the universal safety of all others under the law. If you choose to remove your respirator, it would be to you and your family's dismay. There will be no grace and certainly no forgiveness for those who have defied the law. Now, walk in your new life under the new law and represent your king. And that was two years ago. And literally, we've been watching this mask stuff unfold. Yeah, wow. And I, when I, whenever I share this with anybody, they're always like, oh my gosh, that's really crazy. <laughs> Why is why is that sound familiar? I'm like because you're living it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that wow. that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what it is. And I appreciate you sharing that, Benny. Uh, no problem, uh, Pastor Dana. Do you have any thoughts about what he shared there? I know I heard you saying wow. So I. <laughs> well, what I would say is this: you know, if if God is really out there, if He really exists, um he's going to want to communicate with us in some way. And we've got satellites that are listening to any audio signal from outer space, you know, been looking for extraterrestrials and ET for how many, you know, how many decades. But if God is really God, he's going to speak to us in a way that we can understand. He's going to speak to us in, in, on levels that we, we recognize. I minored in philosophy when I was in college. I love to argue. I love the debate. I love to, you know, uh, grind down to what people are really trying to say or do. But if God's really God, he's going to communicate with us somehow, some way. He'll use our, our conscious being. He'll use our unconscious part of us. You know, in dreams, dreams and, and visions and things, we may just have a feeling, just a sense of something. Uh, you know, we, some of you might call it deja vu. I believe deja vu is God's way of saying you're supposed to be right where you are because you have a feeling. I've been here before. What's going on? There's something, something familiar about this. You don't think it's familiar, but there's something about it that is. So God speaks to us in our unconscious. He speaks in our dreams. Uh, even the Bible's filled with, you know, you had Joseph who had dreams. You had Daniel who had dreams. Even Joseph, the father of Jesus on this earth, had a dream and visions about when to go back, you know, when to leave for Egypt, when to come back. Um, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says when the Holy Spirit fell that, hey, you know, you, you, there will be dreams and visions continuing. Why? Because that's how God works in his people. Um which I think is a really cool thing about God Himself, that He would want, you know, He would work with us as humans uh, in things like dreams and visions, you know, and not to taunt us, but to show us things, to give us wisdom, to give us warning. Uh, so God works in the supernatural in so many different ways. Um, I just think it's neat that we have a supernatural God that wants to work with us in that supernatural realm, whether it's a dream or a vision. Uh, you know, whether it gets a million hits or just, you know, a, a couple friends know about it. Right. But I, what I appreciate about you sharing that is that you, you were sensing something was coming and you had to write it down. You didn't know what it was, didn't see it exactly, but you had, you had to put it on paper. You had to put it in print. You had to get it out there. So that was, in my, in my opinion, uh, God working through you to reveal something that he was already speaking to people about that was coming uh, as confirmation that he's real, as confirmation he is God. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, you know, you're talk. We're talking about the propheticness of it, all this, and um, I'm not sure if that's even a word, propheticness, but it, we'll make it a word today. It, it is now. It is now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the prophetic nature of what's going on here. Um, you mentioned about the banks. And you remember seeing, I think you described it. Did you describe it as like the roofs almost coming off the bank and the money being sucked yeah. out? Okay. That was, that was in the second dream. I didn't mention that. I, I've got a couple of different copies. I put the dream down in transcript, transcription form. And, and I just made a simple one. I was just trying to, when I first started on the show, I just tried to give a real simple thing. But yeah, I saw like the roofs were tilted over and just money was being sucked out. And to me, it was more than just a transfer of wealth, it was that value. Everything that we put stock in, everything we had uh, faith in, uh, with currency, coins, stock, real estate, whatever it was, whatever value there was in the bank was leaving, was gone. Uh, I mean, how many people don't think, that, if you say, okay, how many people think that the American currency is the strongest it's ever been and has a future? 
I think most Americans are going to say, eh, I don't think that's true because we've <laughs> yeah. seen what's happened. You know, um, the stock market has been really, really high. Uh, I mean, you go back to 2008 when the stock market crashed. And, and, and now when it got to 20,000, people were excited. I was thinking, oh, my goodness. The last time, you know, it crashed, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars were lost. And now people are excited. It keeps getting higher and higher and higher. So the economy has definitely taken a big hit since the COVID hit. Um, restaurants, uh, businesses are shutting down. Commercial, there's more commercial real estate for sale right now than any time in American history. It's, of course, in the news articles that I've seen. But think about that. Commercial businesses, restaurants that are for sale because they couldn't make it during the pandemic, couldn't make it during COVID. So how many people have applied for unemployment benefits? Uh, we've got stimulus packages that have gone out. And if we think that we're just going to wave a magic wand, give more money out to people, it's going to be fixed, man, we're in trouble. So there's definitely some economic issues that are coming. And I, I can see it, you know, really, really coming to a head between, not just because of the dream, but we can see it coming to a head because stimulus is going to run out for a lot of people. That extra $600 a month is going to run out uh, or $600 a week, whatever it is. Well, you've got people that are working, just working their job, can't file for unemployment aren't getting that extra money i hear that argument quite a bit from people that i know people i work with um you know the fairness the fairness in government and, and i don't like that word fair because it, it is it is so uh it's covered in barnacles like a boat that's been sitting in the water for so long but there's just a lot, whole lot of unfairness when it comes to government I mean, the agencies that are just corrupt uh, that spend the money wisely and so economic chaos is definitely there even the, the book of revelation uh, talks about you know babylon being destroyed just just real quickly and every, all the nations weeping because something had happened there and everything they put their hope their faith their trust in is done it's over it's shot to pieces so a lot of people who have put their faith in, in, in the almighty dollar uh, are going to have to learn there's, there's other things you better have faith in besides money because money is losing its value every single day. Yeah, let me, I want to do a thought exercise with you because with what you're talking about here, uh, I I tell people, because I, I mean, I'm self-proclaimed and people would say that I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I'm also what I would call a futurist. I, I like taking what is the information I'm given and trying to envision how it's going to play out. And this past week, and this, I'm going to go somewhere with this, but this past week, the director of the FBI, he said that um, the United States, uh, the the citizens of the United States are victims of what mounts to Chinese theft on a scale so massive that it represents one of the largest transfers of wealth in human history. And I'm going to play some audio of what yeah. he said here so you can hear it and the audience can hear it as well. Okay. But if you think these issues are just an intelligence issue or a government problem or a nuisance largely just for big corporations who can largely take care of themselves, you could not be more wrong. It's the people of the United States who are the victims of what amounts to Chinese theft on a scale so massive that it represents one of the largest transfers of wealth in human history. If you're an American adult, it is more likely than not that China has stolen your personal data. In 2017, the Chinese military conspired to hack Equifax and made off with the sensitive personal information of 150 million Americans. We're talking nearly half of the American population and most American adults. And as I'll discuss in a few moments, this was hardly a standalone incident. Our data isn't the only thing at stake here. So are our health, our livelihoods, and our security. We've now reached the point where the FBI is opening a new China-related counterintelligence case about every 10 hours. Of the nearly 5,000 active FBI counterintelligence cases currently underway across the country, almost half are all related to China. And at this very moment, China is working to compromise American healthcare organizations, pharmaceutical companies, and academic institutions conducting essential COVID-19 research. And so you hear that clip of him talking about that. And uh, it also 
he, you have that information. But then recently, they've been talking a lot about TikTok being banned in the United States. Now, TikTok is a social media app uh, that yeah. is very questionable when it comes to just the content that's on it. Uh, but then you have the fact that it is Chinese owned and 34 million Americans are on TikTok today. 34 million Americans made an account with TikTok where they put their, say it's the email and their password in. Now, now that they have those accounts, China has that data. They're stealing data and they have your information as far as your email and password. You would, you, some people would say, well, who cares? It doesn't matter, you know, whatever. But here's the thing. How many people use the same password that they use for social media as their online bank accounts? And so when you're talking about money being sucked out of the roof, you saw the Chinese and Russian soldiers, uh, and then you take real-time current event stuff that's going on right now, and you try to project where it could go if, you know, worst case scenario, I could see your dream playing out through this way of thinking. What do you think about that? I would agree. I would agree. We've seen a lot of intellectual uh, theft going back to administrations in the early 90s in, from the White House. Um, technology, uh, you know, we, we see in science magazines and science news, some of the stealth technology that China now has in their military, uh, where they, they've made light year jumps uh, because of obvious, you know, theft and things like that. Uh, and I, I think, I think probably that the FBI guy was right. And a lot of Americans aren't going to want to admit that or, or realize that, but there is so much corruption uh, at so many levels in our country that uh, who knows what else has been sold out. We, we won't know that for a couple of years or even decades, you know? Yeah. It's, but I, I agree. I agree with you. Absolutely. Now I can see that being part of it. I remember you here. I remember hearing you say in your videos about how you believe that the antichrist is alive today. I agree. Uh, and you also mentioned in your dreams that Donald Trump, the pre- or at least the president of the United States, the Oval Office was empty. They're not in the picture. Uh, this is pure speculation. But do you foresee then the, through the chaos and all the stuff that you've been kind of seeing your, in your dreams, maybe like um, the fall of Donald Trump and or, or just the, the government in general? Uh, because if if it's that the fall of Donald Trump uh, and, and he's taken out of the picture kind of thing. Um, I got, I'm not ready to talk about it on my show, but I got some ideas on how that could possibly play out. And, uh, but I'll say that for another day, but what are your thoughts on that? I mean, are you thinking that it's like a, the fall of a particular person like Donald Trump or the government as a whole? What I saw when I had the dream and I'm very, I mean, I get asked a lot of questions about that in the room with the senators. And I don't want federal agents showing up at my house tonight at 2 a.m., you know, knocking my door, dragging me off to ask yeah. a question. Uh, but you never know. But anyway, uh, I believe that what I saw was a leaderless Washington. Um, I've had folks say, well, maybe he was in a bunker. Here's what I know for sure. Whoever wins in November, Donald Trump will be the president until inauguration in January. I don't think the dream that I was being shown was anything about the demise. And I, I love our president. I support him. Voted for him. We'll vote for him again. I'm not afraid to say that on the air by any means at all. Um, I appreciate the fact we don't have a politician. We have a businessman. Do I agree with everything he does? I've never agreed with everything any president has done. I think he's a great person, a great man. He's been great for our, our economy. But I don't think there was anything as far as him being gone, him being assassinated, him being in a bunker. All I saw was a leaderless Washington, which I think is reflective of our government, uh, of the abuses, of the corruption. Uh, we have all these things with the you know the, the lady who worked with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, she's in jail right now. We need to come out with information. Um, you've got all these different things happening, the, the hearings, the impeachment stuff. Americans are kind of tired of the politics. Um, yeah. But... At the same point, uh, I, I don't think I, – I did not sense anything in the dream that our president was was, was, a, was gone, was in harm's way, was in a bunker. All I saw and all I wanted to make clear when I, when I saw when I, what I saw was a leaderless Washington. 
And I also wasn't saying there's been some government plot going back decades for the senators to get rid of the president. But who knows what's going on in Washington? There's a deep state. We know that. Uh, we can't identify every character, every person. Uh, but we're seeing the swamp. We're seeing those things play out in, in, our, in our Congress, in our Senate, uh, in our officials, our leaders, our elected men and women who work in those offices. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of crazy things. But we as Americans know there's something not right there. There's something not right in Washington, D.C. And uh, the leaderless Washington was what I saw. And that's mm. – I, you know, I, I don't want to reflect too much more on that because a lot of people are taking what I said and they're saying things I never said or projecting ideas that are yeah. just – Crazy, and yet I, you know, I, I, I've heard a lot of good thoughts. I've heard you know, people say, "Well, maybe he's in a bunker." If there's a leaderless Washington, I would hope our president was in a bunker. You know, uh, I just I don't know more than what I saw. I, I get that, and I understand that for sure. Uh, and you know, your words are your words, my words are my words, and it, just because I say something doesn't mean you you're agreeing with me, um, and vice versa, right? Uh, and, and when you when you say that the leaders leaderless Washington and stuff like that, I, I I am reminded of what we've been seeing in the news. You know, going back a few weeks now, I'd say, uh, where the lawyer for the George Floyd family was calling for UN intervention and police reform. If we yeah. if we reform the police or defund the police in some areas or dismantle the police in some areas, and then you have the UN being called upon to intervene in the situation, not a lot of people know this and i'm really drawing a blank right now as to what it was called i talked about it a few weeks ago on my show um if people can look back and, and check it out the dystopian society uh the un the united states in 2016 entered into an agreement with the un and 28 other countries where basically they can they can go into a country that's uh being abused by their leadership and police yep. and settle you know quote unquote settle things down uh that doesn't right. exclude the, the United States and the 28 countries that are in this agreement. And I have a feeling that there's a possibility that the UN is gearing up for such things. And people, people have said to me after that show aired that, well, the UN only has 17,000 troops worldwide. They're all split up. There's no way they could invade, even if that's the case, right? And say they pull every troop from all over the place and they have 17,000 here, it's still not enough for the United States to, to take over the United States, in my opinion. Uh, but what we're seeing, though, over the last, let's just say, five years, the groundwork being laid with uh, technology, and I think what you're going to see, if that were to happen, you would see uh, a, a dramatic change in how policing is done, which is going to be done through technology. Uh, drones, uh, there's going to be streets peppered with cameras. Um, and then you, got, you, you enter into the artificial technology side of things and, and utilizing that. The groundwork has, being, has been being laid uh, as far as the, um, the, the, the contact tracing that they've been putting on our phones. Everybody thinks it's for COVID-19. It might be used for something completely different. And so uh, there, there's things like that that I think about. Uh, and I just really enjoyed having the opportunity to talk to you and have you share with my audience these dreams that you've had. Uh, I know I told you we were going to go for about an hour uh, and we're coming up on that now. Uh, and I'm not sure, I, I didn't run this by you before we started the interview. And I'd like to just kind of ask you if, if, if it's no, if it's a no go, that's fine. I understand. Uh, but I did, you said it earlier in the interview, I saw on your Facebook page uh, that you're planning tomorrow to share with your congregation uh the, the most recent dream you had, and then you're going to make a video for it on Monday. Uh, this interview is not going to air until at least Tuesday next week. Would you feel comfortable at all sharing with us about what that most recent dream is so that by the time this airs, people would hear what you've shared already? I'm not going to say a whole lot. Here, here, this week, um, I've been I've been hammered by a lot of people because uh, I shared the dream like I did. Okay. People were worried about fear. Uh, there were people who were excited I shared it. People that are that are mad that I shared. Uh, there's my my son would do YouTube videos last night. There's a hundred people, you know. Well, Dana Coverstone is this, and he was wrong here, or whatever. Um, and so I'm real cautious about saying anything. I've actually sent. I made a video of what I I dreamed this last night. Uh, so June to July 10th, I dreamed it last night. Uh, this week, earlier this week, uh, Cindy Jacobs. A, a recognized person in the prophetic world here in America called me. Now, look, I've had a lot of calls from a lot of people. I'd never expected one from Cindy Jacobs. She was so kind and so patient and just nice to me. 
And she, instead of going on TV and saying, well, I'll, I'll tell you about this Dana Curtis some guy, she wanted to know who I was. Uh, you know, we talked before th this interview, and I appreciate that. I've had several folks who've called me, just, I just want to know who you are for you on the show. And I have had a few people that I could just tell they wanted to do a gotcha thing or what about this, and I, I would not go on their shows. I've been very careful. I've, I've gone back and looked at the things that you've done. And I, I, li I like the supernatural element to it, so I really do. So I'm an X-Files kind of guy, if that gives you any clue, you know, that sort of thing. My man. But uh, uh, I uh, had a ring last night that relates to the month of September as a response. And I, I know it was the calendar, but I shared that video of what I saw with Cindy Jacobs. I'm asking her for some wisdom and advice on it. Uh, the person I sent it through uh, knows that I, I, you know, I'm going to share with my congregation in the morning, and as part of a uh, part of a, a message I already planning to preach um, in tomorrow's service, I'm going to share it at the end because it applies to what I'm talking about, and I believe also provides a response to things to do, especially in the month of September. Uh, so I'll be sharing that tomorrow, then putting that on my Facebook page on Monday, and. Uh, I'm just trying to be real cautious, and I'd sure. love to give I'd love to give you a, you know a scoop on that. But uh, I I just want to be since the first video was on Facebook, uh, I shared it with my with my my church family. You know after I had it, uh, also not knowing what was going to happen with the the response. But uh, this one I'm 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 just playing very very close to the chest because I also realize it's been criticized, scrutinized, analyzed like crazy, but. Uh, I know when God speaks to me. I know what his voice sounds like. I know what the dreams feel like. There's just a sensitivity to those things that, that I've learned over the years uh, in my walk with the Lord. And, and a lot of people may, may not understand that, but it's just like I was in a, I was in a, in a Walmart one time uh, back by the electronic section, and I heard some kid yell, Mom, as loud as he could. And this woman goes running. I mean, just running down that middle aisle to get to where her kid was. And it was obvious that that mother recognized her child's voice. And, you know, the Bible says the sheep know his voice. And so I'm just trying to be sensitive to that and uh, be sharing that on our, well, not Facebook, but on our Facebook Live page when we're showing them the service. I'll be sharing that, that dream I had last night with, uh, after the end of the, uh, the, mis the message tomorrow, leading to people hopefully coming to the altars and really praying about, because the dream I had coincides with the message I'm preaching, so okay, uh, yeah, kind of where I am, but totally fine. I absolutely get it, and uh, absolutely fine with me. Uh, so basically, anybody who's listening to this right now, by the time you're hearing this, he had already put out that video on his Facebook and maybe the YouTube channel. So uh, go ahead and look it up and check it out because I know I will be. Uh, Pastor Dana Coverstone, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's been, it's been really wonderful. I appreciate it. It's been a fun interview, and I appreciate I appreciate your the, 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 your sensitivity to what's going on with this. And uh, wonderful talking to you. Glad to have a couple new friends, and I appreciate your show a lot. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow is to just share the joy of the show that you have with people that you share joy with because if they enjoy you and you enjoy them chances are things you enjoy they'll enjoy and then you guys can all enjoy things together like the show all right guys until next week stay safe take care and remember the truth will set you free but first it will piss you off bye i see the bad moon horizon i see trouble on the way I see earthquakes and lightning I see bad times today